Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to Marvel Champions Monthly, a fan podcast about the card game Marvel Champions. Uh, however, today we have a special uh, episode for you. We have with us today Brian from Restoration Games to talk all about um, unmatched, the unmatched sets that they can for the Marvel unmatched, unmatched sets. So I have with me um, uh, Kennedy Hawk. How are you doing, Kennedy Hawk? Really good, really good. Excited. Yeah, and and Brian, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Absolutely, absolutely. Always excited to come and talk. So, um, we've done this before with other like Marvel adjacent Marvel games that aren't Marvel champions. We're we're always excited to do this um, because we are big fans of the Mar- Marvel universe. Marvel universes, I guess we we should say. And uh, comic books in general, um, superheroes, all that kind of good stuff. So, um, before we get into that, though, Brian, let's let's get to know you a little bit. Our listeners can get to know you. Um, why don't you tell us how you got into the hobby? You know your story that way. Sure. Um, I mean, so like my entrance into hobby gaming and my entrance into comics happened like 20 years apart <laughs> uh I, i've i've been reading comics since i have basically been old enough to read um you know i started with x-men and and then sort of branched out to the rest of the marvel universe and then when i was a teenager i got some into dc and then into dark horse and image and when i was in college i tried to be a hipster and read comics that nobody else read right um but uh i didn't really even get into hobby gaming until um about 10 years ago uh, I played Magic and Dungeons and Dragons and all of that sort of stuff, but that was sort of where gaming ended for me um, until I played Betrayal at House on the Hill, and I was like, "Oh, these games can do so much more than you know what Magic and these other things can do." So I started just eating absolutely everything, um, and then about three years after that, I started designing my own games, uh, and then. Six years ago, I decided, hey, I'm going to be a full-time freelancer working in board games. And then three years ago, got picked up at Restoration and have been working with them ever since. That's awesome. So what so what specifically or, you know, what's your day to day role over at Restoration Games? Uh, So my title at Restoration is I'm the in-house time traveler. Um, Restoration Games, for those who are unaware, takes uh, games from the 70s, 80s and 90s, sort of re- retinkers their mechanics and um slaps a fresh coat of paint on them and then sort of releases our versions of it so we get to we get to take all of these really cool ideas that happened you know 20 30 40 years ago and um sort of see what they would look like with today's design sensibilities um which sort of unfortunately unfortunately for me means that i'm almost exclusively working on games that came out before i was born um so it's really weird to sort of have to go and find a game from like 1981 you know or 1975 or whatever and then pick up and and sort of play it and say like okay what's good about this game how do we make it better how do we take the things that we know now and you know make make this game the thing that everybody remembered but better Hmm. do you get to go back in time every day yep every single day it's pretty awesome. I uh, I remember I was first explaining the concept of restoration games to my wife, and she likes this store, Restoration Furniture. And she said, oh, it's like that store I like, but for things you care about. And I was like, yes, exactly. <laughs> Precisely what I should have said in the first place. So yeah, it's awesome. Well, that's awesome. So, um, so who you've gotten into, you've been doing reading comics for a long time. Who's your favorite Marvel hero? My favorite Marvel hero, um, probably Colossus. Uh, I do love a Colossus. I uh, I grew up reading X Men, and I also um, at the uh, at the laundromat where my uh, my parents used to do their laundry. There was one of the old X Men with the big honkin' X Men six player arcade machines. Um, so I got to spend a lot of time doing you know playing playing as Colossus in the X Men arcade game. Uh, and that's uh, that's sort of followed me as I've grown up. I've you know followed Colossus off and on for 20, 25 years now. 
your favorite Colossus arc? Are you like a fan of the Whedon arc or the the Legacy Virus injection? Uh, the, the man, the leg, the Legacy Virus is sort of like it's it's hokey in the way that I love comics to be hokey. You know, where it's just like, yeah, and then there's a there's a virus from outer space that comes down and and oh no, it's going to infect everyone unless I sacrifice myself. You know, and it's it's not really as much about the story as it is ab- about like Colossus being cool and noble and all of that sort of stuff. So, I, yeah, the legacy virus arc is, is very good. Do you remember what your first X-Men comic book was? Oh, boy. Um, I want to say. Oh, man. I'm thinking about it, but I don't I don't know that I do. Um, I just sort of remember that the X-Men was sort of ubiquitously part of my life. Um, you know, because I think I, me, I think like a lot of people who grew up in the 90s uh, started on the X-Men cartoon yep. um, and then just started picking up comics after that. As soon as I had run through all of the cartoon, because there's you know, there's so much of it. Right. Um, and I loved reading as a kid still love reading so you know it's it's nice to just have something to, to be able to dig in and just tear through um so I, I i don't know you know i don't even know that i started in chronological order i think it was just like picking up whatever x-men comic i could find um i remember the first like big arc that i read was days of future past um yeah, good one. yeah 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 and so days of future past was the was the first one that i like picked up intentionally and was like okay this is the one that i'm going to read from start to finish awesome and we don't have mutants in the mcu yet so what's your favorite mcu movie or show i guess there's shows now right so yeah there are shows um my favorite mcu movie is probably captain america civil war um captain america civil war it's 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 a spy flick but with superheroes uh which is sort of right up my alley um i love i love a james bond and so like seeing a james bond or i'm sorry the winter soldier is the one that i'm thinking of um uh you know sort of seeing a seeing a james bond flick but starring captain america um it's just it's just super cool yeah i could watch several of those yeah a good choice i like it all right so getting back to um, unmatched, and you talked about your role at Restoration Games and taking these, I'll call them old games, or maybe maybe outdated is a better term. Um, classics. Classic, a classic game and, and giving it not just a facelift, but like a retuning, right? Yep. Um, for those of our listeners that don't know, what was the game that unmatched is based off of uh so unmatched is based on a game that came out in the late 90s early 2000s called star wars epic duels um and uh one of the founders of restoration games rob davio worked on star wars epic duels when he was uh when he was at hasbro and so you know he had this this love of the the sort of epic duel system um and the idea of it uh so um he decided that that we were sort of going to break our rule of 70s 80s and 90s and sort of pull one out from a little bit later give it a retune um and and sort of see what we could do with it so so the unmatched system i, I mean it's a system right we, we can call yeah. it a system because all your well not all the products but um any product that has more than at least so far that has more than two or more than one deck in it is a standalone expansion. Is that mm-hmm. is that kind of how you market it or how you call it? Yeah, I mean, we do a lot of stuff to make sure that um, someone who doesn't know what Unmatched is and sees a box of Unmatched on their shelf can pick it up and have a good time, even if they don't ever buy another box. Yeah, so the, the pitch that I always give, um, or at least when I... I mean, I've given it a few times. I've gotten some friends in it and they have bought, bought everything even though I have everything they're like, yeah, uh, I want to get it too. was you can pit the Raptors against uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And they're like, wait, what? 
<laughs> so uh, it's just, I mean, it's just one of those things that you kind of, as a kid, maybe, maybe it was just me, but as a kid, you kind of choose these favorite characters that are in completely different universes and um, existences and you just pit them against each other or it, and it just, it just makes sense and it just works. It yeah. works. It's, it's always, we've, we've had the second Jurassic Park set sort of on the books for a very long time, but both because of the shipping crisis and um, sort of a bunch of unrelated factors, it's, it's like just now coming out, but it has the T-Rex in it. Um, and so my favorite thing to say to people is like, who do you think wins in a fight, Bruce Lee or a T-Rex? Yeah. Yeah. It reminds yeah. me of those dawn of the internet internet message boards where people yeah. were arguing who would win captain america or superman or yep. yeah it's it's real fun so now and now we're getting some actual superheroes in the game so we can pit those superheroes or and i guess villains too um mm-hmm. against you know upcoming the t-rex or you know the invisible man things like that so well before we get too far um not everybody that listens to our show probably knows what Unmatched or Star Wars Epic Duels was. So if you went into a game store and there was somebody sitting at a table waiting to play a game, what would you tell them in two minutes to summarize Unmatched and convince them to play it? How would you describe the game? Uh, sure. And so uh, the way that we describe Unmatched is um, it's a two-player skirmish game, two to four-player skirmish game, um, where you choose your favorite character from movies, literature, um, you know, books, that sort of stuff. And you can pit them against my favorite character. Um, so like you said, a really big hook of it is, hey, Sherlock Holmes can fight the raptors from Jurassic Park. Um, you have a 30-card deck. You shuffle up your deck. You draw a hand of five cards, and you start playing. Um, the system itself is relatively simple. Um, you get two actions on your turn. Uh, you can either maneuver or play a card. Um, and some of those cards are attacks, and you're trying to reduce your opponent down to zero life. Um, it's very quick, super breezy, um, usually takes about 20, 30 minutes, um, although we have some some people who are sort of dedicated into, into really, really high-level tournament play, and their matches can take like an hour. Um, but uh, usually for, for a person who's just starting out, it takes about 20 minutes. Great filler game. Um, that's, uh, that's unmatched. Awesome. Yeah. I, I I think that's a perfect. <laughs> I was like, I was trying to think of how I, and that's how I. I mean, that's what it is. That's what I matched, and it's. I play a. I play a lot of. I try and play. I have a lot of skirmish games that I like to play, but unmatched is right up there at the top. And I know Kennedy, your your wife loves it, right? Um, yeah, it's the game when when we pick a game to play at the end of the night after we get the kids in bed. It's the one she always picks. So. Yeah, Every time I'm I like, see a new set, I can justify buying it and not worry about anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, hey, I want to play a game where we can't sit on the couch and play it. My wife's like, okay, well, unmatch then. And I'm like, all right, sweet, that works for me. <laughs> who, uh, who's, who's your favorite character? Who, who do y'all play? Before Dan, a thing for people with bows and arrows. So my favorite character is Robin Hood. Yeah. Um, I know he's not top tier or anything, but I just enjoy playing him. So he's still really good, though. I, I think mean, he's, I think he's great. Um, Robin Hood's one of my favorites. Do you do you have? Here's my question. So, some of the characters have sidekicks, which is, I mean, can add to the complexity, but not necessarily a lot. Do you feel like you mo- you're able to use the sidekicks for Robin Hood like very well, or do you kind of just like do they kind of just sit there? Because there's a lot of um. I tactical think you can decisions use them pretty with, well for like body blocking and stuff like yeah. that, right? You can't move through opposing characters, so you've got, I think it's three merry men, right, to maneuver around and get in the way. Yep. <laughs> and they Should can sort of, they can sort of just, uh, just like be meat shields in front of you and and take a hit or two. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would have to say mine is um, Beowulf. Oh, love Beowulf. Because that rage mechanic, um, he gets a few tokens, and every time he gets hit, he he gains a rage, and you can use rage to, you know, add to his attacks or do other things. And uh, that for me, it's like an additional, or it's like a currency that adds another layer to the game that I really find enjoyable. 
Cool. I have a I, I have a character for you in the Marvel set that we can talk about a little later. Ooh, let's do it. I'm excited. <laughs> um, okay. So who? Let's see. Where are we at, Dan? Who's your favorite character so oh, far? Oh yeah, there are the go. ones that have been released. Um, um, my uh, my girl, Little Red, um, is is always going to hold a. a, a a super special place in my heart because she was the first deck that I sort of got got to go off on my own and do. Um, I wasn't around at Restoration for uh, Battle of Legends Volume One or um, uh, Robin Hood versus Bigfoot, um, so those are almost entirely, you know, Rob and Justin um, setting the rules of the system and, and sort of doing all of that sort of stuff. I came in right at the tail end of Cobb cobblin fog which is the third set and i got to do some work there um but little red riding hood versus beowulf was the first set that i got to see through from the start to finish um myself and my design partner noah sort of uh sort of run unmatched now um because it's it's definitely our type of game and that was sort of our entry point and so i think little red is always going to be i'm always going to have a soft spot for for my for my first baby um and uh you know i i sort of little red is the perfect character for me you know she's she flows she cares about what's in her hand and what's in her discard and she sort of when you get into the groove she just chugs right along and she's absolutely unstoppable um and that's like that's that's my favorite character to play yeah so you kind of mentioned it there just like in marvel champions one of my favorite things is that each character has a hook so what would you say the the big hook or thing to pull you in with little red is uh, so the the big hook is we we talk about a lot of these characters um, as though we're talking about fighting games because you know uh, another thing that Noah and I sort of refer to a lot whenever we're designing these decks is like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat or things like that and how do these characters feel um, and uh, Little Red is is sort of what we call a flow character where um, she has her cards care about the top card of her discard pile and basically all of the cards have a symbol on them either a basket a knife or a wolf pelt. And when they go to your discard pile, they might trigger cards that are in your hand. Uh, and so, like, the thing that you have to do when you're playing Little Red is you sort of plan a couple of turns ahead so that you can say, okay, this card will be in my discard pile, and that'll make Never Leave the Path more powerful when I play it. Um, you know, and then that goes into my discard pile, and so the next card I'm going to play is What Big Eyes You Have, which triggers off of the other card. And so you sort of get into this flow, Um and uh that's that's like that's her hook that's her type of character so there's like it's like a mini like programming game with your hand and your discard mm -hmm. pile right i mean yeah, yeah. It, i've played her and i've been demolished while i'm playing <laughs> i played as her i mean uh anyway my wife's really good at this game <laughs> she just it just clicks for her and she's and, and she just can it doesn't matter who the characters are she will just wallop me so it's it's okay because i i love it so much that i enjoy a good beatdown. um so in 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 respect to little red's deck is there anything that sticks out to you from maybe when you were developing it designing it any cards that you were like you know what, this has to be in it or and and almost like because you're saying this is your baby, this is your first your firstborn, right? Kind of. Uh, was there anything like that with specific cards in her deck that you feel that way about about? Them? Yeah, I mean, so one of, one of the things that I sort of like to sneakily do um, in my decks is whenever I'm designing decks is um, I like to uh, I like to put little stories in. Um, you know, and, and I, I think, I think it's fun for players to sort of discover those things organically. And so for little red and, and we can talk about it. We also did it with some of the Marvel characters, um, for, for little red, we did what big eyes you have, what big ears you have, you know, and those are two cards that are in her deck. And if you use them together back to back, you get this really big combo where you, you know, cancel, uh, you cancel the effects of your opponent's card, you ignore its value, and then you deal them three damage. So if you can pull that off right in a row, you get to tell this cool little story, you know, and also, you know, those cards are sort of related because because of their names. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I love doing that sort of stuff in decks and Justin, sort of our, our lore master at Restoration, um, does a really good job of, of coming up with ways to connect cards um, in that way, you know. 
Noah, Noah and I are very much mechanics people where we sort of sit down and we work out the mechanics and then Justin comes in and he goes, these are all really cool card names. And I've, you know, I've, I've read Grimm's fairy tale a thousand times. And so I know exactly, you know, what these cards need to be named. Um, so it's, it's, it's super cool to sort of work in that team um, and have everybody sort of contribute in a way that makes uh, in, in, in a way that like makes the decks cohere in a way that they otherwise wouldn't. You know, that reminds me a lot of uh, one of the characters in Marvel champions. It's Gamora. And I think you'd really like playing her um, with, she has some cards that go well together that if you play back to back, you get bonuses and you can take care of the villain schemes that he's got going on over here, but then also deal damage to him at the same time. Anyway, it reminds me a lot of, of the, those two cards you just said. Cool. Um, okay. So you at restoration games, you guys do a lot of IPs. Um, do you, for especially, I mean, even for, for unmatched, do you, you and Noah have like a bucket list. Yeah, and, we, we, I mean, I mean, without, do. I mean, don't divulge anything that you can't, right? But I mean, you've got to have something that you're like, yeah, this is what we want to pull from. Let's let's get the go ahead on this. Let's try and make this happen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so if if you would have asked me this question, you know, two and a half three years ago, we we would have said Marvel. Um, I I specifically would have said Marvel, right? Um, and it's you know, it's it's absolutely been a dream come true working with Marvel. Um. They've been super excellent. They gave us a lot of creative leeway to sort of do the things that that we do, both mechanically and artistically. Um, the the art and the sets are incredible. We got to deal with our own artists and and choose people that we like and and do stuff like that. You know, and Marvel was super supportive. Um, you know, and I think that like you you sort of go in expecting Marvel to be this huge big corporation who's like, oh no, it's our way or the highway. Um, but really like they, they were like, Hey, you know what you're doing. You're the experts, you know, go ahead and, and do the thing you want to do. Um, just show it to us at the end. And, you know, we showed it to them and they, they had some, you know, re reasonable notes to take, you know, like, Oh, this is not the way that ghostwriter is supposed to look. So we need to change this or, you know, like the winter soldier, you know, uh, uses, uses this type of weapon and not this type of weapon. So like, how can we make that feel better? And so we we got a lot of really cool insights going through the process and being like talking to Marvel directly. Hey, you know, how should these characters feel? What should they do? That sort of stuff. And they and and they like I said, they were super super supportive. That sounds like a lot of fun. So, with can you and and obviously only say what you can, but like, sure. can you walk us through the process of you had it as a, like a bucket list? Well, it would have been two or three years ago, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe when you started or before you started, we want to do Marvel. How does that like actually even come to happen? How did, how did that happen for restoration games? Uh, so at the time we were partnering with um, a company called Mondo, uh, Mondo games, who um, has a lot of sort of inroads with that, with, with big license holders because their parent company is Alamo draft house. Um, and so they actually had a, a person whose job it is to to sort of use their contacts and and go in and connect with um, IP holders and, and that sort of stuff and say like, hey, Unmatched is a system. We think it fits your brand really well. You know, it's a it's sort of like the two player skirmish thing. Um, and you know, companies I think are surprisingly receptive to that sort of stuff, especially now, right when you know, you have Avatar The Last Airbender doing four and a half million dollars on Kickstarter or whatever. I think more than that, it was almost nine million dollars. Like just a crazy amount of money on Kickstarter, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and Marvel Champions doing so well and, you know, like Crisis Protocol and all of those games that are, you know, designed by all of these really, really talented hobby designers. Um, and I think like those people have really paved the way for this this sort of renaissance of comic book games and you know hobby sort of dipping their toes into all of these really weird licenses that wouldn't wouldn't have really happened you know 10 or 15 years ago at least not at least not in a serious way you know i think i think when you look at the sort of licensed branded games that you had from you know the the mid 2000s to you know even the 90s you ended up with things that were like oh marvel monopoly and reskins and all of this other stuff but 
now it's getting to the point where you can sort of go and say like, hey, we have this thing. We think it fits your brand. We think that it would integrate really well. We want to do something that is bespoke for you. And we want to make sure that, you know, we put our best foot forward and, and you know, people who like Unmatch will become more attached to Marvel and people who like Marvel can come in and, and sort of see what Unmatched is, you know, and, and so honestly, it's, it's, it's way easier, I think now than it would have been 10 or 15 years ago um, to just go and talk to someone, you know, and reach out and say like, Hey, we have this fantastically successful, you know, um, minis game. Can we do something for you? Can we work together? You know? That's awesome. I, it'd be so fun to be a fly on the wall and see, that pitch to them like hey you can actually <laughs> have deadpool fight i don't know if you could do this but i mean you can in the game deadpool fight the raptors um anyway because because deadpool um came out as a standalone character i guess would it be about a year ago now almost a year ago yeah um, um De- deadpool was deadpool was uh was was sort of a, a a weird one because we had already started working on the rest of these marvel sets um and you know because of shipping and and sort of all sorts of other things these sets ended up getting pushed back originally these but these sets were supposed to come out at the end of 2020 beginning of 2021 i want to say um so these got pushed back quite a bit um but we ended, we ended up having this really weird thing where, uh, you know, Marvel was like, oh, hey, we've got this April Pool's Day thing coming out. Do you think you can have a deck ready for us in three weeks? Uh, and we were like, oh, heck, oh, heck. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have three weeks to design this deck. Um, you know, and uh, Jason, one of our art directors, um, was like, no, Deadpool's absolutely my favorite. Here's how we're going to do this. We're gonna lean in it into him being wacky and weird. We're gonna have we're gonna make a deck that breaks all the rules, you know, not take itself too seriously, all of that sort of stuff. You know, we jumped we jumped on board and we sort of shoved ourselves into the writer's room and collaborated for, you know, a couple of six hour days and ended up with this really just bonkers deck. Um, you know, and then we like did a bunch of quick playtesting with it, and then, you know, we were like, okay, this is it's balanced, it's fun. That's the thing that we want to do. Um, and then Jason went through and he took like old Marvel art and old unmatched art and like Photoshop Deadpool into it and all of this other stuff. And it really it came together to be this really charming thing that like really feels like Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely does. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's a really cool story. So I guess let's let's just dive into the Marvel sets. Sure. Um, and so we have standalone Deadpool currently released, and now this earlier this week we have Redemption Row that just just came out, right? Mm-hmm. Redemption Row, and in Redemption Row, who do we have? We have uh, Ghost Rider, Luke Cage, and Moon Knight. Okay, and and let's just overview the so then coming out soon, and I think should have been. Ideally, the same time as Redemption Row was Hell's Kitchen. Is that right? Yep. Um, um, that ended up getting delayed by by about a week. Um, so hopefully, like by the time this comes out, it will be in the process of shipping. Um, but we're hoping like the end of March is is when that stuff will 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 sort of start really start rolling. Okay. And in and in Hell's Kitchen, we have who are the who are the characters? Uh, Daredevil, Elektra, and Bullseye. Okay. So you got a we have a villain in there. Yep. That's which is, I mean, for if you don't, if you're not familiar in Marvel Champions, you unless they create a villain that's also a hero, you can't play as the villain. So that's that's something that's kind of fun um, to get to play as the villain. Um, yeah, you know, when, whenever we were sort of setting these things out, we we wanted to make sure that we got at least one cool villain into here, so that you know you could sort of play out a story, you know, revolving around a villain and and you know. D- do some like marvel marvel giant size team ups yep okay so so then the last there's two more after that correct and and can we talk about the names of those and the characters that are in them yeah for sure or or Um, like at least name the characters 
Yeah, yes, for sure. So uh, at the end of uh, later, towards the end of the year, um, we are coming out with two more Marvel boxes. Uh, the first one is Teen Spirit, um, and it has Squirrel Girl, Miss Marvel, and Cloak and Dagger. Um, and then shortly after that, uh, we have King and Country, um, which is Black Widow, Black Panther, and the Winter Soldier. Okay, right on. So we have a we have a subset of listeners that love Miss Marvel. Um, <laughs> she's a playable character, Marvel champions, and we always get pinged that we need to give Miss Marvel some more love. So you know, maybe maybe when uh, that one comes out, we'll do a playthrough or something. Dan. Absolutely, I can't wait uh, to play Miss Marvel in my match. Don't worry. <laughs> I, uh, I I I love Miss Marvel. Miss um, Miss Marvel is uh, I, I I think overall. Um, out of all three of these Marvel sets, I do love, um, you know, I, I do love some Ghost Rider. I do love some Luke Cage. But man, Teen Spirit has just got like te- teen. Something came together for Teen Spirit when it was just like these three characters. They all turned out great. We like had this really strong idea for them all at the beginning. They went through almost no changes throughout playtesting. Like we nailed it on the first shot. Uh, which which never happens, you know, almost almost never happens. We usually go through a bunch of different cycles and, and change a bunch of things. But all of these characters were just like they had such a strong character and like such a strong um, like mechanical hook to them that we they just sort of breeze right on through. And like we had to like tweak numbers and that, you know, it was it was absolute joy to work on them. So you're saying that I, I mean, obviously. Miss Marvel, Squirrel Girl, Cloak and Dagger, those like went through very, very little changes from their initial like inception of yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. That's so that, that's that shows me that you're like, these are characters that we really want and we have an idea of what we want and let's make it happen. That that shows <laughs> that you actually uh really enjoy those characters, I think. Yeah, and I, I, I do. I mean, um Cloak Cloak and Dagger, I think uh is is my favorite no offense to miss marvel but cloak and dagger i think are my favorites out of teen spirit but miss marvel is pretty pretty close can you take us through the design process for a character do you start with like a mechanical hook for the character or a thematic hook and um someone asked us if there have ever if we could ask this you can deny if you'd like to but uh have you ever had a character where you had a mechanical hook for them and it just didn't work out and you either tried to redo the whole character or you decided, hey, this hook would work for someone else in a later box? Uh, Moon Knight was actually kind of like that. Um, Moon, Knight was, Moon Knight was a tough nut to crack, for sure. Um, we went through seven or eight different iterations of Moon Knight before we settled on, on the one that we ended up uh, putting in the box. And he went through a like like a bunch of crazy stuff. So Moon Knight is one of the ones um, in Redemption Row. So I'm 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 happy to talk about it if y'all want to. Um, but Moon Knight has three different identities, um, and basically every turn he cycles to a new identity, and his identities have different powers. He can either be Moon Knight, where he's sort of bouncing around and doing you know the the sort of acrobatic shtick. Um, he can be Mister Knight uh, when he's sort of more defensive and sort of feeling the opponent out and getting information. And then he can turn into Conchu, who is sort of the powerhouse. Um, he gets a bonus on his attacks. He can't take damage from effects. Um, and you get to have this really big power moment where you sort of turn into this Egyptian God and just wail on your opponent. Um, and, uh, Moon Knight was difficult because the Moon Knight, I think both in the comics and in like the games that he's in, um, it's really hard to focus on what it is that he does, you know, cause like there's so much to that character and it's so deep, you know, where he has a bunch of different identities. And so you can sort of play that up. And then he also has powers that are granted to him by Egyptian gods. And so you can sort of play that up, you know? And so we went through a bunch of different iterations where, you know, at one point he was three different figures that all shared a health pool, um, you know, and that turned out to not work out super well. And then, you know, at one point he, uh, at one point he had like five different identities that he cycled through and that was too much and people couldn't keep track of it. So we ended up having to go through a bunch of different iterations of just like, let's take away all of the parts that people don't like and then figure out what people like about Moon Knight, you know, and, and we ended up in, in sort of this thing where you would cycle between these three, um, these three identities and the, the, the sort of hook for him is 
you can play all of your cards are at any time, but some cards are better when you are Moon Knight, and some cards are better when you're Khonshu. And so, you know, you have this really, like, you have this really cool puzzle of how am I going to craft my hand to sort of maximize my big turn, and how am I going to survive in between my big turns? So I saw a card for Moon Knight that lets him, after a combat, switch to the to the next identity. So that would be, that would, I think it's called I'm Not Real. Yeah. Is that right? Does that let you, so you're able to go through the identities quicker that way. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, idea? yeah. And, and, to get and to the one you need? Yeah, and it sort of makes you a little less predictable too, right? So you can, you can, you know, your opponent knows two turns from now that you're going to be conscious, so they can sort of back up and get ready. And then you can play I'm Not Real and then oops, you're conscious next turn. Gotcha. You know, and and you get to sort of you get to sort of break up their flow a little bit. Okay, that's that's cool that it's not just a um a passive thing, but he has some some ways to do to kind of speed things up if he needs to. Yeah. All right. Um. So I will I will ask this question, mm-hmm. um, because I did see that there were some um like some design changes to redemption row and hell's kitchen like some slight design ch- like uh graphic design changes yep from when they were first announced to the final product is that right yeah um like just some coloration it looks like that type of thing but i did notice in hell's kitchen there was one um one additional card or one card taken out let's see uh hell's hell's kitchen has some uh Let's let let's say that we we play with some deck sizes in there. Um, okay. Normally, normally an unmatched deck is thirty cards, um, and that's really important because it limits the amount of time that a game can be. Because um, basically, you ha- you have to draw cards every turn, and if you can't draw cards from your deck, you start taking damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, one of the things that we played around with in Hell's Kitchen is, you know, what if it's not a thirty card deck? What if it's, you know, what if it's a fifteen card deck twice? Or what if it's a smaller deck that you get bonuses for for how small your deck is you know and that sort of stuff and and we got to play around with some really cool things um that really i think sort of fit in with those characters um so it, it's you know we we got to do some some neat stuff there and uh i don't want to spoil too much but um we ended up in a in in a pretty cool place uh with a lot of the Hell's Kitchen characters regarding how competitive players play the game. Um, because competitive players like sort of maximizing all of their cards and, and going through their entire 30 card deck. And um, the Hell's Kitchen characters really sort of turn that on its head. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what what people think about that. Interesting. So aside from Hell's Kitchen with the 30 card decks, does that help you and Noah with designing the characters? Because you know you have these, I mean, they're not technically constraints because you changed it up with hell's kitchen but i imagine that that helps um with knowing that the amount of cards you're going to do so you not have to fill this deck but it gives you an idea of what you need in order to make this character feel like that actual character yeah i mean we have like you know we have a a a thing noah has a spreadsheet um that's sort of in our unmatched master document um and it's just called uh joe fighter um and joe fighter is just sort of our our run-of-the-mill regular fighter and it's the person he's the person that we run numbers against um and so like a lot of our process is sort of starting with joe fighter um who has all of the basic things that like a regular unmatched fighter would need he has you know, feints that cancel your opponent's card and let you sort of interact in that way. And then he has skirmishes that let you move before and after combat so you can sort of, um, you know, get in and get out if you need to. Um, And, you know, he has attacks that are five and attacks that are one and sort of so he can have high moments and low moments. And so we use that as sort of a template for when we're designing characters because we know what an unmatched character should feel like. And then the design challenge is how do we make a character who feels good and unmatched that also feels like daredevil or Electra or, you know, whoever. Um, and that's sort of, that's sort of when we start breaking the rules. Um, so, you know, like in hell's kitchen, when we can start playing around with deck sizes, we, we do stuff like that. Um, in redemption row, you know, we played around with a, what happens if you have more than one character card, what does that look like? And that turned into moon Knight. 
you know, what happens if you block damage automatically? That's Luke Cage. Luke Cage has bulletproof skin, you know, and that's sort of his thing. And so, like, we sort of start at the very high level and we say, what, what, what about this character makes them cool? Um, you know, and for Ghost Rider, it's that he's this flaming demon and he can harness hell to power, you know, to power his attacks. And for Luke Cage, it's, hey, he's got bulletproof skin and he's invulnerable, you know, and then for Moon Knight, it's he has these identities and he's powered by an Egyptian god. And so we get to take that at a very high level and then say, you know, what does this look like in Unmatched? You know, and for Luke Cage, it's he just takes two less damage from everything. You 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 have to sort of get at him sneaky. Otherwise, he's just going to absorb all of your attacks. Um, you know, and, and, and that sort of stuff, I think, is is uh, an interesting design challenge every time we come up against it. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And and I'm interested to know, like. I mean, you you mentioned previously that Marvel was a really good partner to work with. Um, and I'm curious how you just decided on these. We went through the characters. There's 13 characters now um, that yep. will be released in Marvel. Um, I'm curious how you came to these characters, right? Because you talked about you get this overview of, all right, Ghost Rider uses this, the power from hell to, to just take out opponents. Um, is that something that you and Noah or, or somebody else at restoration or you guys all come together and you're like, these are the characters I would love to see in this game now that we, we were working with Marvel or how does that work? Like, how did you come up with these characters specifically? Uh, so this is, this is actually, we, we call it the list, um, in, in our sort of internal design meetings because, uh, Marvel sent us a giant list of characters um when when we said hey we want to do some unmatched you know we we gave them like a proof of concept deck for um i it ended up turning into daredevil um and they were like okay this sounds great we would love to work with you here is a list of 500 characters that you could use if you wanted to and we were like well we want to do like 12 so let's start paring down this list okay you know and and so uh you know, we have we have just like this document that is this huge list that we're control effing through to be like, well, you know, what what characters do we like? Who are our favorites? You know, that sort of stuff. Who do we think, you know, that our audience will know? How do we make this around interesting box? How do we, you know, do all of that sort of stuff? Um, you know, and we have a lot of criteria when we're when we're picking characters for a normal box, and we applied a lot of that here, right? Like, we want to make sure that that um we want to make sure that we have like a diverse cast of characters and we want to make sure that they make sense fighting each other inside of a box right and we want to make sure that um you know they all have sort of the same power level so it makes sense that they would be fighting each other right um and and sort of that we went through a lot of that same process with the marvel characters and we just had that additional constraint of it has to be on this 500 item list okay. you know um and uh, the, the the bummer part about that list was um, we couldn't use mutants at the time, uh, which is why you don't see a Colossus and why you don't see, you know, a Professor X or Wolverine or, or any of those characters is because we we um, had to sort of stay away from mutants at the time. Um, and so, uh, you know, we ended up starting with Hell's Kitchen and Redemption Row um, and they were originally one box. It was originally we were going to do a four pack. Um, and then we decided, well, we have too many good ideas. Let's split this off into two, three packs because um, we want to do, you know, we want to do all of this stuff. And so originally it was um, it was uh, Electra. Uh, it was Electra. Originally, our list was Electra, Ghost Rider, Blade. And I forget who the fourth character was, but we were going to do like a Midnight Suns pack. Um and we ended up sort of going a different direction because we we had a really good idea for Electra, and we were like, well, what about Bullseye? And then we had a really good idea for Bullseye, and we were like, well, if we have these two, we have to have Daredevil. Um, and so Daredevil sort of went in that box, and that's how Hell's Kitchen sort of came about. And then we had Ghost Rider sort of hanging out on his own uh, after that, but we like had already drafted this Ghost Rider deck, and it already worked and like you know functioned. Um, and so we were like, okay, well, who would we pair with Ghost Rider? And we came up with, you know, people who um, at one point or another were heroes that had been in prison. 
Um, and so we ended up with uh, Ghost Rider imprisoned in hell, Luke Cage imprisoned in the raft, um, and then Moon Knight, who was sort of imprisoned in his own mind. That's cool. Yeah. And so one of the things, so for our audience that doesn't know, um, one of the things that these, I mean, obviously this is a skirmish game. The boxes each come with a, a map to play on. Oh, yeah. I, f- I forgot we haven't even <laughs> talked about maps. We haven't, we haven't talked about maps. Um, that's, that's not a thing that happens in Marvel Champions, but that's a thing that definitely happens in Unmatched. And these, these, um, these boxes have one, one map, correct? Yeah, so they have, uh, they have one map each. Um, the front side is, um, uh, has a graphic design treatment on it that's really, really easy to read. Um, it has solid colors and patterns, and you know it's it's good for colorblind folks like myself. Um, and then the back side is sort of a more artistic treatment where the colors aren't all the way filled in, and you really get to see the art. So, so with Redemption Row, the map is the raft. Is that right? Yep. Um, is that something that when you guys came up with Redemption Row, you're like, all right, we know this map's going to be the raft. Is that like? Ye- ah. Yeah, that's that's sort of how it went. Is because because we had this sort of like this sort of prison theme going on and we were like well there's like there's like one famous prison in marvel and it's the raft so we gotta do it you know um and uh it it ended up like that that map came together really really well uh because um we uh had the idea of like you know we we can have this sort of like prison yard brawl going on um you know and so we had like a place on the raft where it's the cafeteria and you can like you know, beat each other up over lunch trays, and then we have the holding cells, and then we have the the docks to get onto the raft. And so those are the three main areas of the raft map where you can sort of, you know, plan your movement around. All right, that's cool. Um, what's what's the map for Hell's Kitchen? Is it Hell's Kitchen? I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's okay. um, it is it is the area in front of Fisk Tower. Okay. What and I'm curious, was uh Fisk one of the characters that you guys considered? Uh we almost did a Kingpin. Okay. Um Kingpin was Kingpin was sort of it was it was between him and Bullseye um for that for that pack. And um we ended up doing um Bullseye because he just had a much better mechanical hook uh than Kingpin did. Um, Kingpin's really interesting, but he does a lot of stuff from the shadows. Um, and when it comes to like straight up brawling, he's, you know, he is a, a formidable opponent, but he's just sort of a, a a big tanky dude who who can sort of throw throw hits and get hit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's like that's a really cool story. But the, but the sort of thing that you want Kingpin to do is sort of be in the background scheming, right? Yeah. Um, and so Bullseye is much more of a, like, he's going to meet you on the field of battle and he's going to fight you, um, even if he doesn't quite do it face to face. Interesting. Okay. Um, and I want to, I mean, I, w- I would like to come back to the maps, but I, before we get too far away from these characters, um, sure. is there anything besides X-Men from the list that, that you wish you would have been able to get into to one of these upcoming sets? Any characters? Uh, I, I I do miss Blade. I think I think Blade was um Blade was was super cool and I'm I'm sad that we had to let him go. Um we had a we had such a cool idea for him as as like a vampire hunter and like being a person who was a tracker and all of this other sort of stuff. Um I am I'm I'm confident that some of his some of his mechanics are going to make it into other characters because I think that we have a lot of good uh good places for those to end up. Um but, that's good uh, to hear that you don't get it you don't have to just scrap them completely yeah 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 um you know but 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 boy the day that we made that decision my heart broke a little bit because i i do love blade um okay so so i'm guessing because i've seen the the character cards um because i i mentioned earlier that i like i like to main beowulf yep um because of his rage tokens um, I'm guessing that you're going to say I should go straight for Ghost Rider. Yep, you should. Because uh, of Hellfire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ghost Rider's Ghost Rider's mechanic is that he's got um, a Hellfire dial, um, 
and you sort of charge uh you charge his hellfire in order to do these really big attacks right um and so uh whenever you move you can spend a hellfire to jump on your motorcycle and run people down um and that was sort of where he started was like oh it's ghost rider but it's definitely ghost rider on a motorcycle um that's that's it, amazingly cool um so uh and the sculpt spend- the mini is really cool too i think that's yeah, besides the, t- besides the T-Rex, I think it's the biggest mini that we have. Um, and it's him, you know, he's got fire and a chain and he's riding his motorcycle around. Um, you know, it's just, it's it's ab- absolute power fantasy, you know, being able to jump on a motorcycle and like run over all of Robin Hood's Merry Men. Um, Painful. <laughs> all right, yeah, uh, I think we have our, our next matchup when we go to, when we meet up. I'm going to be Ghost Rider and you can be Robin Hood, okay? Okay, sounds great. Yeah, um, you know, and, and Ghost Rider's thing is, like, when he has Hellfire, he's super, super powerful. He can, you know, penance stare people and drag people around on his motorcycle and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but then when he loses Hellfire, he slowly transforms back into, um, into his human form and he's a little bit weaker and you have to, like, do a little bit of work to sort of psych him back up to be Ghost Rider again. And that was sort of his hook when we started working on him was Ghost Rider is sort of this this unbeatable immortal demon. The way that you beat Ghost Rider is you, you beat up Johnny Blaze, right? Um, so that was sort of what we were working with whenever we we started doing Ghost Rider. So don't you burn have to out. do like a lot of comic research on the characters when you were coming up with these, or did you know most of most of these characters just from your comic reading to get a good enough idea for a mechanic and theme and stuff? Uh, I had to read a lot of Moon Knight, um, and I had to read a decent amount of Daredevil. Um, those were the two that I was, I think, most unfamiliar with. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd read a, a decent amount of both of those, um, of both of those runs, uh, but like nothing that was recent. Um, like the last Moon Knight comic that I had read was like in the early two thousands or whatever. So I I went and I picked up, you know. Um, the Avengers run that Moon Knight was in uh, and um, read through all of that. And then actually after this came out, oh, someone was like, oh, there's this there's the standalone Moon Knight that you have to read. And I read it and it was great. Um, but that's the one that I think is still going. Uh, currently. And I would need to I would need to look up who the writer is on that. So I'll tell you my favorite Marvel hero is is daredevil so i'm really excited to see him that i can actually play as him because i don't play crisis protocol um and daredevil is not a character in marvel champions yet yet maybe in the next five years or so we'll see but i'm super excited to be able to have daredevil um and play as him anyway uh well we're we're happy to give you your daredevil fix (laughs) yes So where can people order this box from? Is this going to be in retail they can pick up at their like local game store later this month? Or is it mostly coming straight from Resto to start with? Uh, yeah, you can pick it up at your um, friendly local game store starting April 20th. Um, so that's when retailers can start getting their product in. Um, but if you want to get it early, uh, you can always order it direct from our website um, at www.restorationgames.com backslash store. Um, and if you go there, uh, you can pre-order that or, uh, I'm sorry, you can order Redemption Row, pre-order Hell's Kitchen, um, and also order any of the other unmatched products that you would like if anything else strikes your fancy. Um, the Redemption Row products are shipping now. Um, so if you order it, you've ordered it and you should get it within a week. Um, Hell's Kitchen will start shipping out from our website at the end of this month. And then both of them will hit retail, um, on that April 20th date. Awesome. And then and then hopefully by the end of the year, we'll have Teen Spirit and For King and Country in our hands, mm-hmm. ideally. Yep. Um, is this is this all the Marvel that we're going to see in Unmatched? Uh, you know, ne- never say never. OK, um, <laughs> never, never say never, because, you know, we are huge Marvel fans ourselves. And I think that, you know, if there was something that we were going to go back and revisit should the opportunity arise. Um, Marvel would be really, really high up on the list. 
like I said, they were a joy to work with. Um, absolute bucket list for us. Uh, we don't have anything in the pipeline right now, um, but never say never. Okay. Yeah, I heard some at the at the time mutants weren't available. So the future maybe that'll be exciting. For the future maybe. <laughs> um, I'd give an arm and a leg to work on a Colossus deck. So. All right. Well, hopefully that can happen. Um, okay. So last question from me about Marvel. Um, for our fans that listen to us that maybe have never played Unmatched before, um, do you feel like um, Redemption Row and or Hell's Kitchen are good places for them to jump in to Unmatched and, and to get their feet wet with the system with some characters that they know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things that we talked about and we talked about it a little earlier is um, we always have to we always have to take into account that um, any box of unmatched might be someone's first box. Uh, and so we do pay attention to that, you know, as far as complexity goes and rules overhead and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and we've even more so kept it in, uh, sort of kept it in mind with um, Marvel. Uh, Cause we expect that a lot of people are going to want to play daredevil or Luke cage or Ghost Rider or whatever. Um, so, you know, Marvel is uh, an accessible entry point. Um, it's, you know, one of the ones that I recommend, um, or it's one of the ones that I will be recommending, you know, that and basically Battle of Legends Volume 1, which was the first set that we put out. Um, the That's not to say that the characters aren't interesting and don't have a lot of interesting play patterns, because I think that, like, it's, e- it's, it's easy to think that, like, for simple characters, they're maybe a little boring. Um, but that's certainly not the case, because uh, you you'll get to do some, some real tense stuff. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think, you know, I think Hell's Kitchen and I think Redemption Row are great entry points um, because th- we have the accessibility for people who are not necessarily unmatched fans yet. Um, we hope that you will come and join us. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, we still have all of the cool things that you can do in Unmatched. And, you know, we really want to give people who aren't necessarily unmatched fans a chance to come in and really feel like that they're daredevil or really feel like that they're Electra, um, and, you know, a a chance to sort of be a Marvel hero. That's, that's sort of our hope with, uh, with these sets. And, you know, even if you like comic books and you don't even necessarily like hobby games, you know, we hope that people will come in and sort of sit down and take five minutes to read the rules, um, in order to, you know, sort of play out your favorite comic book. Awesome. Anything, anything else, Kennedy Hawk? No, I'm just going to be sitting at my mailbox all week waiting. <laughs> I guess next week they'll ship this week and then I'll can sit at my mailbox for a week. Yeah. So Brian, any, uh, anything else you want to add? Um, we really appreciate your time uh, coming on to talk, talk to us about all things unmatched and Marvel, but anything else you want to add uh, before we wrap this up? Uh, no, I think, you know, keep, keep an eye out for those Marvel sets. Um, we've got them come in basically for the rest of the year. This is unmatched year of Marvel. Um, so if you want to keep up to date with that, uh, you can sign up for our newsletter at restorationgames.com and that'll give you all the latest news. Um, if you're interested in unmatched or any of our other products. Um, so feel free to sign up there and, uh, you know, keep on gaming. Um, we wouldn't be able to do this if we didn't have, you know, people who were excited about it and so we really appreciate you um being excited about this and i really appreciate you having me on to talk about this sort of stuff um because you know not a lot of people really get to see how the sausage is made uh so it's nice to it's nice to sort of have have a window to let people do that um so thank you thank you all so much for having me on yeah it's our pleasure yeah this is fun we can we can do it again when uh the the sets come out later this year absolutely absolutely Love to come back on. All right, everybody. Thanks for, for stopping in. Um, uh, check out restorationgames.com, restoration correct? Yep. And a backslash store. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to go order uh, Redemption Row or Hell's Kitchen and uh, get to the table. <laughs>